Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? I think we can do better than that. How's everyone doing today? So, guys. Hey, well, my name is Daniel Stevanis. My friends call me Stallion. That's because I grew up overseas in Italy where my parents are missionaries. So if you hear someone call me that, they're not trying to be offensive, okay? It's all right. If you're a friend, you can call me that as well. It'll be okay. Uh, I'm privileged to be preaching God's word to you guys this morning. I work over in the student ministry with Trevor Miller, and man, we have a blast over there, let me tell you. Trevor's actually preaching this morning in the traditional service, um, so if you prefer, you could get up and go hear him, I guess. Um, actually, no, no, that would make me so sad if someone actually got up. Um, they actually, they sing one last song over there, so I think that they're already, I'm sure he's already preaching here, you would have missed the whole introduction, Just stay here, okay. Um, Man, I'm, I am excited though, to be able to speak to you guys. It's not, I don't always get a chance and opportunity to, but I'm excited for this opportunity today to share God's word with you guys. We're going to be looking, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13. That's where we just read the story from, and we're going to be there the whole time. We'll look at a couple other passages and scriptures, but go ahead and grab your Bibles right now. Grab your phones, whatever you have. Go to Matthew 13. This is where we're camping out today, all right? We're going to spend some time here. We're going to understand this parable together, and we're going to make headway and, and see what God has to say to us this morning as we look at his word. Now, before we go further, I'm going to tell you what we're looking at is a parable. Now, a parable is essentially a giant metaphor that uh, is used in scripture. Jesus uses parables a lot, and he uses them to communicate his truths to make it easier to understand. Now, ironically, sometimes some of the parables are a little bit more complicated to understand, but luckily this one that we're looking at today actually has a whole explanation of it, and so it'll make total sense to us by the time we're done with our time here today. Now, one thing to know also about parables and, and this idea of, of a metaphor is typically it's used, uh, the way it's presented, the way it's given to us is, is to help understand. And so it's, it uses language, whether it's a story or whether it's something that it's relating to us or telling us that we would easily understand. Now, Jesus spoke to an audience of people that were big into agriculture. They were farmers. They took care of animals. And so the parables made a ton of sense for the people of their time. Not as much always for people of our time, okay? I don't know, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about myself, because you may not know this, but I'm a huge fan of bonsai plants, okay, bonsai trees. Does anyone, you all know what bonsai is, okay? We've all seen these before. I think it was because I was a child, I watched the Karate Kid movie. Everyone remember that? Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off, okay, Daniel's son. Uh, my name is Daniel, I think there was a, like a kindred spirit there. And I remember, uh, actually I just saw on Facebook this past week, I think it's like 30 years of that movie being, which is crazy to me, okay? I remember watching it as a kid. And, and I remember being so excited about bonsais, and when I moved into my apartment, I lived in New York for a little bit, and I moved into an apartment, I thought to myself, man, I want to grow a bonsai tree. That'd be incredible. 
that'd be awesome. Bring some life. It's just, they're pretty to look at. They're incredible. And so I did what every person should do when you want to learn something about something. I went out and decided to get some books. So I drove over to Barnes and Noble. I found all the books I could find on bonsai trees. Turns out they were both expensive and really, really thick. Okay. I'm not a reader, all right? That's just not into me. So I, I convinced myself, I was like, oh, well, I'll, maybe I'll go to the library, do something else. Well, as I was in the checkout aisle, they had this little kid. It was almost like an afterthought on this like, little shelf with all these, like, you know, how to do origami, how to uh, do all these different things. And one of them was a bonsai kit in the checkout aisle, $4.99. A little booklet with 10, pa- 10, like the booklet was like this big, okay, with 10 pages of instructions of what to do. It came with a little pot and a little pot of dirt that you took out of like, the, you unwrapped it and just dropped it in, put water, you were done, okay? I was like, this is right, this is what I needed, okay? Forget the big books about bonsais. I'm about to get started. I'm about to, this is going to be incredible. So I bought the little box, bought the little kit, brought it home. I got all excited, set up, read all 10 pages that were this big, okay? The first three steps were like, take it out of the box. I was like, okay. And so I got through all the steps. I, I put the little pot of dirt. I already had seeds inside of it, watered it a little bit, and it said it needed some sunlight, but not too much sunlight. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, over by my couch, the couch I had had these wooden armrests where they were like flat. You could like set a cup on it. And, and the diameter of the pot was probably about the size of a, of a standard cup. And so it fit perfectly. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. It'll get some sun as the sun comes up. And once the sun goes over the house, it'll just get daylight. This is going to be great. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to be a bonsai tree owner. So excited. And so I wake up, I'd water my little thing. I'd, every day I'd go and check on it. It took about a week. It was like a little pet. I'd wake up like, hey, oh, hey, little buddy, how's it going over there? And I was so excited about this bonsai tree. And sure enough, a week into it, a tiny little green thing started to sprout out of there. I was so excited. I'd made it, okay? I own a bonsai tree now. I can legitimately say because it was a little sprout. And so I kept taking care of it. I kept checking up on it. I made sure it had you know, everything it needed, the water, the light. I would like stare at it watching it grow, okay? And eventually it grew to be about an inch tall. I was so excited. So one day I came home. I was a little bit hot outside. So I turned the air conditioning on and went to bed to cool off the house. Well, it turns out right where the air conditioning vent was blowing right towards where my little plant was. And sure enough, my one-inch sprout in the morning took a 90-degree turn this way, and it was bent, and it was dead. That was the end of my bonsai experience. And so I don't know much about agriculture. I don't know if you can call that agriculture, but the parable that we're looking at today is actually going to be talking, it's going to be explaining, and it's going to be using analogies and terms that have to do with, with agriculture. Now, you guys are probably better off than I am. Last summer, I was sick, and someone gave me a little care package, and they gave me as a gift a, a farmer's almanac. Have you guys ever seen those before? I didn't even know that existed. I didn't even know that was a thing, okay? And a farmer's almanac to, to be able to, to, to tend to your land better, like that just blows my mind. But in the scripture that we're looking at today, Jesus is using analogies. He's using, uh, he's using metaphors. He's speaking the language of the people that would have understood this stuff. You know, I always tell our students, if Jesus were here today speaking to us, he'd be using a lot of different analogies. I think he'd be talking about iPhones and tablets and electronic devices, Right? I am the vine, you are the branches. He'd probably say something like, I am the iCloud, and you're the devices. You need to be synced up or you're going to lose all your photos. Okay? He, would, he would speak in terms that make sense to us to help us understand. But, but, but this parable, luckily, praise the Lord, has an explanation that helps us to see better what he's talking about. And so before we go for, forward, I want to define some terms that we're going to be using today. I want to explain some of the terms that we're going to be looking at today that we're going to repeat over and over again, just so that when we get into it, if you're not agriculturally minded like me, okay, if you've killed a plant before like me, as we're going to find out maybe even a little bit later, 
we can still understand what God's word is saying to us today. And so the first thing is we're going to be talking about the seed. It's going to say this over and over again, that the sower, there's a person who is sowing seed. And so what is the seed? And I want us to, to, to move forward and understand today that the seed represents the good news of the gospel. The seed represents the gospel message, the truth that is proclaimed to us through God's word. Now, it's important to realize we can receive this many different ways. And this is, this is probably the primary way we would say. Sunday morning, someone is here preaching, and, and praise the Lord, we've got a great team, some awesome people who are preaching to us every week, amen? So we're receiving the seed from God. We are receiving that message presented to us, taught to us, explained to us. But maybe you're a part of a small group where you guys are going through a Bible study. Maybe you guys are gathering together. Maybe you, you, you come on Wednesday night and you're learning some stuff, or you're in a small group. Maybe you listen to a podcast. But maybe it's, it goes beyond even just receiving from God's word. Maybe it's the relationships that you have. Maybe it's the, the things that God is trying to teach you, that God is trying to show you through life and, and through all that you're experiencing. But the seed represents the truth of God's word, that he is communicating to us, that he is showing to us, what he is trying to communicate with us, what he's trying to give us. And we're going to find out to produce some pretty incredible things. And the other word that we're going to reference a lot is the soil. And the soil represents the condition of our hearts. The soil represents the condition of our hearts. Now, I've got to be honest with you guys. It's always fun, especially when, when, when you come to a crowd and get to speak, to be able to share a message from God's word that's just going to like encourage people and fire us up. And we're going to leave like, oh, praise Jesus, hallelujah. But sometimes we come across a passage, and, and this is one of those passages it might be hard for the audience to hear. I'll be honest, it was hard for me to read some of these things, to study some of this stuff. You see, in the, the Word today, we're actually going to be looking at four different types of soil, three of which are negative soils. Three of which represent a soil that is not good, that is not uh, conducive for heart change. Now, I'm no mathematician, but if I look around this room and see how many people are here, my guess is out of, out of four options, only one of them is good, probably... The truth is that a lot of our, ourselves, if we were honest and truthful, we would find ourselves in one of those soils that is not a good one. And so I'm going to be upfront with you guys. I'm going to share with you guys from the bat, from the get-go. There may be some words that are challenging today. There may be some thoughts that, that are going to stir emotions in us. And let me just say, it's, it, it, it's, it's God's message to us. It's not something that I decided to come up here and try to be mean or push buttons or anything. This is, is what God's word is saying. And so we have the seed. We have the soil, and the last thing that we need to understand that's really important is that it's not the seed, it's the soil, okay? And what I mean by that is, maybe you've heard this before, maybe you've been there, maybe you don't want to admit this, I hate admitting this, but maybe you've heard the whole phrase, it's not you, it's me, okay? Have you ever been through a breakup before? All right, I'm not going to tell you which side of the conversation I was on for that, but it's not you, it's me. We're going to talk today, it's not about the seed, it's about the soil. Listen, there's plenty of scriptures that talk about a, a, a pastor's responsibility or a, a teacher's responsibility, the way in which they will be held accountable to God for how they present his word. But today in this passage, in this scripture, Jesus is the one sowing. Jesus is the one that's presenting the truth. And so it's, his word is perfect. It's not about the seed. It's about the soil. What are we receiving? How are we receiving? Are we being receptive to the word that he is giving us? And so as we move forward today, we want to remind ourselves of those things. It's, a, it's about the soil. The seed is God's truth being taught to us, being presented to us, the way he teaches us, or is varied. There's so many different ways in which God communicates with us and tries to teach us, but it's important that we are receptive to hearing his truth. So you guys ready to jump in? 
wasn't convincing. Let's try it one more time. You guys ready to jump into God's word today? Okay, there we go. Much better. Matthew chapter 13. Now, our, our scripture reader this morning read verses 1 through 9. That's kind of the story, the parable that is proclaimed to the people that Jesus was teaching to. And now we're going to jump to the other side where Jesus is explaining this parable to his disciples. So starting in verse 19, he's talking, and he says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And so we have our first soil, the path. Now, I want us to think about this for a second because a path is something remarkable. You can have a, a field, you can have a forest, you can have any kind of, of road or any kind of, of wooded area, but if you travel the same way over and over again, and sometimes it can be really, really simple. It could be like two times in one day, it could be in a week, but if you travel that same path long enough, it'll start to create a trail, it'll start to create a path where the ground is padded down, the vegetation doesn't grow there, and you have this hard soil of a path. I got to tell you, my, my grandparents live in Ohio, and they live in a town, they call it a blended town, because Amish people live there as well. And you guys know about the Amish people, they don't have electricity, okay, they live off the land, they're a remarkable people group. And so the town is, is, is they work on tourism, and, and so they have Amish shops and Amish farms and places you can go visit, and then there's, there's uh, people who aren't Amish who live there as well, and my grandparents are not Amish, and they live there, and they live just outside the city. And so the way it works is as you're driving outside of the little town, not a city, a town, as you're driving outside the town, if you take a right to go down to their house, there's a, immediately a fork in the road, and there's a split on the right to their driveway, and if you go straight or about a quarter of a mile, you end up in an Amish home. It's incredible. They've got all these horses. It's like a whole working farm. I've been down there a couple of times, hung out and met the people there, met the families there. And one of the things that they're allowed to do is they're allowed to use electricity if it isn't their own, if it's not on their property. And so my grandpa has this big garage on the side of his house. Uh, it's, a, it's like a big like, car garage workshop area. And so they've put a, a chest freezer that the Amish people are allowed to come and use. And they pay him a little bit of rent or something like that. They've got some kind of system worked out. And so behind my grandpa's house are these, these acres and acres of fields. And right in the middle of the field is this path that they use whenever they want to come through and cut to get to, to use the phone, to get to use this chest freezer. And so they've walked this time and time again, sometimes by themselves, sometimes they'll walk with their, their siblings, sometimes they'll ride their bikes on the path, sometimes they'll bring their dog along the path. And so in the middle of the field is carved out this piece of ground that is very hard because they've walked on it over and over and over again. And it says here, that this type of soil is hard. The idea of a path is that it's, it's difficult, nothing was gonna grow in it because it's been trampled on time and time again. And so as the sower is sowing its seed and the seed lands on this part of the ground, it lands on this type of soil that is hardened, nothing is sprouting up, nothing is growing from it. Nothing is coming to the surface. The seed can't go down underneath to start to develop, to start to open up, to start to put roots. It, it, it can't penetrate, it can't go through. We were talking about paths in our sermon prep this past week, and we talked about 378. That's a type of path. It's been paved over now. But think of it. If you throw a seed on it, nothing's growing on there. But even something as simple as, as a path that you walk maybe in your front yard, if you were to put seed there, it'd have difficulty to grow because the ground is pushed down. The ground is hardened. And it says here specifically that the evil one comes and snatches away the seeds that have been sown in this heart. The seeds that have been sown along the path. 
Listen, we know the, the famous scripture, 1 Peter 5, 8, talking about the enemy, talking about the devil, prowling around like, like a lion, seeking someone to devour. His desire is to come and snatch up those seeds. And so as you're receiving truth, as you're learning God's word, as you are being developed in a small group, as, as God is trying to work in you, if, if, if you are hardened, if the soil of your heart, if the condition of your heart is hard, the seed is not going to go through. The seed is not going to take root. It's not going to start to grow. It's not going to start to develop. And the enemy is going to snatch up those seeds. He's going to say something like, is that really what God's word says? Do you really believe that God is going to help you in this situation? Do you really believe that God is the answer to your problem? And he is going to take the seed. So my question is, what is the condition of your heart? Do you identify with this first type of soil? Is maybe you're, are you maybe hardened? You know, one of the ways that a path is made is by constantly navigating that same route. If this were a field and I walked from point A to point B in the back of that door every single day, every day without fail, eventually we would create a path. But what happens is it comes through the mundane, it comes through the routine, it comes through going through the motions. And so often, if we're honest with ourselves, we're going through the motions at church. Man, we come here every Sunday, we come here every Wednesday, we go to every special event. I mean, we're a part of the small group, but we're just going through the motions and we're not allowing God's word to take root in our heart because it's just the, it's, it's just the routine. It's just the motions. It's hardened. And the devil comes and tries to snatch up the seed that has landed on the path. And my question is, what is the condition of your heart? Or is that maybe where you find yourself today? Let's keep reading. Verse 20 and 21. It says, as for that that was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution, persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And we have soil number two, the rocky soil. It says, the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. This is kind of like this concept of a flash in the pan. Something happens real quickly. Can, I, can we have an honest moment? This is me. This is where I struggle all the time. I get so excited about whatever it is for a moment, for a season, all right? I mean, we talk about New Year's resolutions all the time. It's so easy to write out that list. And what about it? It makes it so complicated to, to follow through with any of that. This is my personality. I get so excited about whatever it is. I want to go in 110%, and the next week I'm tired and thought and, and have forgotten about it. Last week, and this is a true story, okay? Last week, my siblings were in town. It was my sister's birthday. They kind of all came in from out of town. We were going to celebrate. And because we're Italian, we thought to ourselves, we need to have a good Italian Sunday meal, all right? And so my brother and I went to the grocery store on Saturday night, and we were like two Italian women. We were arguing on the recipe. Well, you can't put this in. Why aren't you going to put that? Why are you going to cook it like You got to cook it like this. You got to cook it like that. And so we got all the ingredients. Sunday morning, we put the sauce in the crock pot. While we were at here at church, I just was thinking about it at home, cooking, getting ready. We went home, and we had a nice Saturday, Sunday bolognese, okay? It was delicious. It was incredible. And on Saturday night, we were at the store, and I found out that you could buy basil leaves for the same price that you can buy a whole basil plant. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. I was, I, it was incredible. It was like a new discovery for me. I thought to myself, this is incredible. I bought the basil plant, and on the way home, I thought, I'm never going to pay for basil again because I'm going to plant this thing outside. I'm going to start a garden. Okay, it's going to start with basil. I'm going to have basil for years. I'm going to have zucchini. I'm gonna have, I don't know how the zucchini popped in, but I was just in my mind, okay? I'm like 10, 10 miles down the road thinking, like, this is going to be incredible. 
Well, I'm sad to say, I, I guess let's bring it out. This is the basal plan. I'm so embarrassed, guys. This is literally one, thank you, man. This is literally one week later. If my family is watching online, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Okay, this, this is sad. I literally was embarrassed to do this today. <laughs> this would be literally laughing at me. I put water in it, and it's like, I don't even know what I did, okay? But, but think of this for a second. This was me. I got so excited about how I was going to have, like, this whole farm in my backyard <laughs> from that one little basil plant, and it was dead the next week. And I'm like, forget this. I'm never buying a plant again. First the bonsai, now the basil. Like, no, okay, this is something's wrong. When there's rocky soil, the, the seed can't take root. If you ever worked the ground, men, if we ever dug a hole, if we ever had to, to do something in the ground when it was rocky, it's a nightmare. Okay, it's tough. It's difficult. And it's also difficult for the seed. It can't spread out. It can't take root. Or if it does, it's super shallow. And the minute something happens, the minute something comes up, the minute something difficult comes along, because the root is so shallow, the plant dies. We get excited about stuff. We just let it die out. And it continues here, verse 21. It says, it has no root in himself. It endures for a while, but it says, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately it falls away. Now, I got to tell you something. We're in this culture where we think tribulation, persecution, trials, difficult times are like the worst thing ever. We have a little bit of a trial, a little bit of a negative thing. God, have you forgotten me? We think to ourselves immediately, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. My family is awesome. Why are you allowing this? We've had this, this kind of warped view of what God's word says. In James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. It says, when you face these trials. Verse 3, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And the steadfastness has its full effect that you may be, listen to this, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The reason we receive testing, the reason we receive hard times, the reason we have tribulation stuff that happens against us is so that God can work out an amazing thing through us. And we need to stop thinking that it's always the worst thing in the world. Well, God, why are you allowing this? The, the, the miracle is not that God would just stop all those things, but that he would be with us through those things. You know, we're, we're starting a series this week with our middle school students and high school students called Doubt It. And we're talking about the big questions that, that lead people to doubt, the big questions of the faith. Is God real? Is the Bible reliable? And this week we're actually teaching on, on what, 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 what is up with pain in the world? What happens when, when there's difficult times? Why is that okay? Why does God allow for that? And the incredible thing is God doesn't just allow for it. He works through it. And he's trying to accomplish some incredible things through it. And if our roots aren't deep, they will knock us over. If our roots aren't deep, it will be the worst thing in the world. But if we are in a walk, in a relationship with God, in a community of other believers, when those hard times come, our roots have gone deeper, and we're able to withstand them, and God is able to accomplish something incredible and amazing through those difficult times. Amen? And we need to believe it. What is the condition of our heart? Do we get so excited about a message? Do we get so excited about what we hear on Sunday, and then we go home, and it's Monday morning, and, oh, man, I can't get up early. It's Monday. I can't do, really do this. I'm so tired from the weekend. We get so fired up about what God is teaching us, and then we don't go and put it into practice. What is the soil 
of our heart look like? We have two more. In verse 22, it says, yet there was no, uh, sorry, verse 22 says, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Soil number three, the thorns. Now this can also be explained as weeds, okay? The thorns, the weeds, it's the same type of plant. The idea is that they grow and they crowd and they distract from what is trying to be accomplished. If you've ever had a nice flower bed outside your house, a nice landscape that you paid for, you splurged one year to make it look nice, and then weeds start to come through, okay? We've, we've experienced that. We know what that's like. It ruins the picture. It ruins what it's supposed to be. It doesn't look good. And it says here that it is possible for seed to arrive on soil that is crowded by other things, that is distracted by other things. And it tells us what those other things are here. It says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. The cares of the world, but listen to that harsh word, the deceitfulness of riches. And in Luke 8, which is the parallel passage of this, it actually says the pleasures of life. Listen, I'm all for living a cool life, okay? I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy life. I want all of that. But God's word is clear. We're not citizens of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. God has made us to, to have a mind that is focused towards him. And scriptures talk a lot about, about riches, about the, the deceitfulness of it, as I just said here. You think of the famous story of the rich young ruler, he comes before Jesus and he says, I want to be a disciple. I've heard people preach and say that he may have been a candidate to be a disciple. And Jesus says, hey, here's what you got to do. And he's like, well, I follow all the commands. I do all of those things. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You do all those things. He says, one more thing I need from you. Sell all that you have. Sell all of your possessions and follow me. And the scriptures say that the rich young ruler turned away was saddened because he owned a lot. Because his possessions were many. Because we live in a part of the world where, and praise the Lord for this, life is fairly simple. Life is pretty easy for us. Now, I know there's difficult times. I know there's trials that come up. We just talked about that. But for the most part, as a whole, we live in a pretty good area. Lexington, South Carolina, living by the lake. Okay, there's a restaurant. On, I feel like every restaurant is in town. And they're still opening new ones. I don't even know how they're doing that, okay? It's like they're finding new places to put new restaurants. Like, we, we've got a good life here. Things are going well. For the most part, we find ourselves comfortable. And yet if our hearts start to pursue those riches, if our hearts start to become so focused, so consumed, so just, just focused on, on all the riches and all the materialism and all the possessions that is possible to acquire, it's easy for the soil of our heart to become distracted, to become focused on those other things to start to look in other areas, in other directions, and to not receive the seed in a manner which God desires and God intended. It is possible for those thorns to crowd, to distract, and to choke the word that is being sown. And so my question is, how is the soil, how is the condition of your heart? Last one, last soil, verse 23 this is, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another 
30. Soil number four, the good soil. Praise the Lord for some good soil, okay? This is not South Carolina red clay, all right? This is good soil, all right? This has been aerated, okay? This has been fertilized. This has been watered, all right? This is, this is good soil that we're talking about. And it says here, that the seed that was sown here, the person hears it and understands the word. The implication of understanding God's word is that you're also putting it into practice, okay? James says, do not be just hearers of his word, but also doers of his word. And so the implication here is that as we're receiving the truth, as we're receiving God's words, we're receiving teaching, when we're in community with others and God is showing us truths, he's he's showing us that he loves us, he's showing us that he cares for us, he's showing us all that he wants us to do, all that he wants us to accomplish, our heart is ready to receive. The soil is good. It's ready to take the seed to produce something incredible to take root, deep roots that will withstand trials, that will withstand tribulation, that will withstand all the difficult things that life is going to throw at us. It's going to withstand the devil trying to snatch up the seeds. It'll withstand those things because it is good soil. The seed has grown and taken root. And look at what it says here about the harvest. It says, indeed, the harvest bears fruit. In one case, a hundredfold. In another case, 60 and in another case, 30. Let me tell you something about the harvest. The harvest is miraculous. The harvest isn't our job. The harvest is God's job. But we have a responsibility to take care of the soil. We have a responsibility to put ourselves to be able to receive God's teaching, to re- be able to receive his truth, to be able to receive all that he has placed on us all that he wants to show us, all that he wants to teach us, and eventually all that he wants to do through us. And let me tell you, we've read the book, and he wants to do some incredible things through us. He wants us to to live a life that is full, that is complete, and is abundant. doesn't mean there's never going to be a bad thing. doesn't mean there's never going to be a hard day. But it means that through all of that, he is going to produce an amazing bonsai tree. He's going to produce something incredible. So my question, what is the condition of your heart? If seed were to be sown today, where would it fall? Where would it land? What would the ground look like? Would it be hardened like a path that's been trampled on because of the mundane, because of the routine, because of going through the motions? That the devil would just come and snatch up all that God is showing you, all that God is revealing to you? Is the condition of your heart like rocky soil? where you get so excited about his truth, so excited about his word, so passionate, so fired up from hanging out with other men, from hanging out with women at a gathering like this weekend, but then we go home and we forget. We allow the the distractions, the thorns, the weeds, the materialism and the riches to get in the way of what God is trying to accomplish. Or is the soil of our heart fertile, ready, receive all that God has for us. God sends the seed. That's his job. That's his responsibility. Our responsibility is to have the soil ready that we may receive all that he has for us. I love what he says here in verse 9. At the end of sharing this parable, he just says, he who has ears, let them hear. So as he's preaching to the people, as he's sharing with the mass, with the crowd, this analogy, this parable of what he desires, his application to them is to say, he who has ears, let him hear. 
What he's saying to them is like, listen, if this is bothering you, if this is festering in you, if this is creating some, some uncomfortableness in you, then change it. Maybe you need to go through and maybe you need to start to pull out some of the weeds. Get rid of the distractions. Change the way you're viewing things. Change the way you're viewing materialism. Change the way you're viewing possessions. Change the way you're viewing riches. Change the way you're viewing difficult times. God's doing that to produce something amazing in you, not to punish you, not to hurt you, not because he's not a good God. Maybe it's time to do the hard work of getting on our knees and pulling out the rocks. That's me. That's what I need to do. I need to produce long-term change, not just a, a flash, a moment, excitement for a week. Maybe we need to get to that hard ground. We need to start to break it up. We need to start to not be callous, not go through the routine. We need to appreciate, expect God to change in our lives. When we show up for church, when we show up with other believers, as we get in small groups, as we go to Bible studies, we need to come with an expectant heart and say, God, I'm ready for you to do the work. I'm ready for the, the seed to land and for it to produce something amazing and something incredible. He who has ears, let him hear. I'm gonna ask you guys to do something. We do this with our students a lot. I want you guys to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I just wanna take 30 seconds of complete silence. And while you guys are, 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 are there quiet, I want you to pray, I want you to ask God. And just say, Lord, reveal to me what is the condition of my heart? Reveal to me what soil I identify with. Reveal to me, Father God, where I find myself today. So just take 30 seconds and pray and then I'll close this out. Lord Jesus, in a room this size, Father God, it's, it's impossible to, to, to negate the fact that probably some of us, if we were truthful, would answer that the condition of our heart is not good soil today. And Father, instead of being beat up about this, instead of being super frustrated about this, Father, I pray that you would produce change in us, that you would motivate us Father God, to move forward and to produce good soil, receptive to your message, receptive to your teaching, receptive to all the things that you would wanna do in our lives. Father God, work in us mightily and powerfully. Speak to us today as we go home. Speak to us this week as we continue throughout our, our routines, our activities. Father God, do and accomplish great and mighty things in us because we are posturing ourselves. We are preparing the soil of our heart to receive from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to eliminate the distractions, that you would help us not to fall into the mundane and the routine, and that you would help us, Father God, grow roots that go deep so that when trial, when tribulation, when, when testing comes, we would not just be knocked over, but we would stand because we are grounded in you. Father, God, work in us in a mighty and a powerful way. We ask these things, Father, in your son's precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.